This is Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Financially Tuned Radio with myself, Simon Hilliard, and my co-host, Baron Fitzgerald from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about our own foolish behavior, discuss a little bit along those lines about emotions, behavior when it comes to investing and some of the things that get in our own way. But before we do that, I want to take a moment here to welcome our co-host, our co-co-host, maybe, Mr. Tony Shore. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for the intro. Yeah, I'm just along for the ride. You guys are the hosts. Uh, a show can have two hosts, and and then I'm the co-host. That's how this works. I'm just I'm just here to learn something from you guys. And uh, of course, uh, I'm here with our, our amazing host today, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard uh, of Wellington Adams. And you guys always have a lot of great information. But this show today is an extra special show. Uh, I know we're going to have a lot of fun with this one because, yeah, my foolish behavior. If we get into that, we could talk for hours, right? <laughs> I mean, we'll leave some of that's that a out long for the list listeners. Of yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a long list right there. Well, uh, so first of all, though, Simon, how have you been? You guys recently went to a conference with some of the nation's top advisors and uh, talked about uh, the markets and what's going on, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We uh, just got back. It was a great couple of days, uh, as you said, learning from some of the top guys in the industry, some investment analysts, some speakers, some research groups. Got to see you and hang out a little bit and get your perspective oh, yeah. on things. And uh, yeah, we're going to incorporate some of that today and some of it probably next week as well. Awesome. I think that sounds great. Baron, what do you think? Uh, did you have a good conference? Did you, did you actually? I know you guys are educators and you educate your clients and our listeners uh, but sometimes you need to get updated, right? Oh, absolutely, Tony. Um, yeah, I actually thought it was a great conference. Uh, we talked, as Simon mentioned, we spoke with uh, quite a few top-notch investment uh, managers. Um, we spoke a little bit about investor behavior, which we'll talk a little bit about today. Um, uh, one of the speakers that I, I just personally want to give a shout out, Brian Belsky. Um, love listening to this guy. He's on CNBC all the time. He's just a, a really, really smart guy and just kind of gives a different perspective than the typical, you know, typical financial investment analyst. Um, so, yeah, it was a really great, con uh, great uh, event and uh, looking forward to be back, though, and sitting down now and relaying all that information to our clients. All right. So. Uh, we're talking about our own foolish behavior, uh, being our own worst enemy when it comes to our investments. Uh, so where do we start with this? I imagine our emotions do play a big role in how we invest, don't they? Yeah. Um, we actually wanted to talk a little bit about how the average S&P investor fares versus you know actual S&P returns. You know, the thing is, is that we're all taught to buy low and sell high. And 
inevitably we wind up doing the exact opposite. Because what happens is, let's say, you know, we're in the market, market was doing really, really well. And then say perhaps a 2001 tech bubble starts and we wind up losing a lot of money. So what happens is the market goes down, 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 down. We get a little bit more nervous. We get more nervous. We get more nervous. And then finally, we just can't take it anymore and we sell. And then what happens is, you know, the market comes back up. But, you know, the old saying, once bitten, twice shy. So we're a little hesitant to get in right away. And the market keeps coming up and we're still a little bit hesitant. And then finally, as the market's getting higher and higher and higher, we say, well, we better get in there before we miss out on the boat. And so we get in and then the market goes up maybe a little bit higher. And so we're feeling really good. And then what happens, the market maybe starts pulling back a little bit because markets go up, markets go down. I mean, over the long term, markets will go up, but they do have their terms of volatility in the middle. So the market starts coming down and markets come and the client feels a little bit uncomfortable. It's starting to come down more and come down more until finally they can't take it anymore and then they sell. So they, <laughs> so they, do, they do the exact opposite of what we're really supposed to do as far as buying low and selling high. We inevitably buy high because you know we're afraid to get back in the market and then what happens when the market starts coming back, we just revert to the old mentality of, oh my gosh, here we go again. I better get out. And they sell low. So pretty much the exact opposite of what we're taught. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that that's, you know, there's probably a lot of listeners out there that identify with that. You know, if they're being honest with themselves, they think back and say, yep, that's exactly what I've done historically. And then a lot of them are probably saying, yeah, well, I know better than that. But the reality is even those listeners probably have done it themselves along the way. And it's hard to sit back, be objective, be honest. You know, we're emotional creatures just as humans. And that's kind of what gets in the way. And study after study after study shows that that's what's happening. People buy on the way down. They buy when they're or sell, excuse me, on the way down when they're losing money. And they don't get back in at the very bottom, of course, because they're hesitant. And the media's out there saying how terrible things are. And their friends are saying how much they've lost. So even after the market kind of starts its recovery, as Baron said, and moves back up, we're still hesitant to get in there. Baron's once bitten, twice shy is the perfect way to put it. We just kind of wait and wait and wait. And, you know, that's what the studies show and that's what the numbers show. Baron had pulled out a couple numbers I'm looking over there and had seen, and uh, they referenced just that. I read a Forbes article, an article from Balance uh, Investor, both saying that. I'll let Baron kind of go over some of those numbers, but it shows. And, you know, it shows the averages and there's average or average. There's definitely people out there that have made better decisions and done better, but there's definitely people out there that have done even worse than those averages. That's kind of what we kind of want to learn about, learn from the behavior, kind of get an understanding of what's going on out there. Yeah, Tony, it's, I mean, just mentioned that that uh, report that I was going to reference. It actually comes from Morningstar, which, uh, you know, very, very well reputed. And it talks about the you know, loss aversion bias. It's time in the market versus trying to time the market. And it talks about how if you invested $100,000 into the S&P 500 from 1998 to 2017, if you just stayed invested over that whole period of time, your $100,000 would have brought um, $400,768. And then what's really interesting, which I find kind of somewhat almost stunning, is if you actually just missed five days of those market returns, your balance would have only been 265000 and change. And then if you missed 10 days, it was down to 200. If you missed 15, it was down to 157. If you missed 20 days, it was down a hundred and a quarter. And if you missed 25 days of trying to time being in the market, your portfolio was basically where you started at 101. So it really, <laughs> wow. yeah, I mean, it's really actually, I was, I was, 
I was kind of actually surprised by that. I mean, so it just kind of shows you, now obviously every given market cycle isn't gonna be exactly the same, but the point that it's trying to make is that it's time in the market versus trying to time the market. Yeah, look at, tell me what those numbers are again, because that's a really interesting point, and that was from one of the conferences and one of the speakers. So what they're saying, just to repeat it for the listeners, because there's a lot of numbers in there, if you stayed in the market the entire time versus if you just got out and missed the top five days. So if things bounced around a little, you sat on the sidelines or put half your money in cash. And believe me, we hear people doing this all the time. What was the total dollars growth they missed out on? About $135,000. <laughs> Literally. $135,000 of growth over that period of time by just missing five key days. And then the compounding of interest on those five days. So pretty, pretty interesting there, Tony. We do have to take a quick break here pretty quick. Is there anything you want to add before we do? Hope oh, just want to mention to the listeners that hopefully they'll gather something from today's show. Uh, we've got a couple interesting points to make about just emotional behavior. Uh, as we get into the show, we'll talk about different solutions and ways to help prevent making poor decisions as you invest and kind of some of the other considerations as well. Uh, we always want to invite the listeners to reach out to us, whether it's through the website at wellingtonadams.com or by phone at 855-793-2409. On the website, we do have a couple upcoming educational workshops as well. And we've got a really big one in Lancaster at Franklin Marshall College. It'll get into a lot of interesting topics. So you're welcome to join us there or give us a call and sign up for a time to sit down with us, kind of discuss how you can implement some strategies for yourself to protect against some of these issues. Oh, it sounds great. Thanks, Simon. And thank you, Baron. Listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Financially Tuned and our hosts, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard, right after this. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory by visiting wellingtonadams.com or by calling us at 855-793-2409. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode with myself, Baron Fitzgerald, and Simon Hillier from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, as well as our co-host, Tony Shore. Uh, today, we've been touching base a little bit on the average S&P investor and how the emotions can kind of come into play about how we're typically taught to buy low and sell high. But unfortunately, the average investor sometimes lets the emotions get in the way and it winds up, you know, having the opposite effect where we buy high and sell low. So we've also touched a little bit about um, how significant it can be to have time in the market as opposed to trying to time the market. Um, we're $100,000 invested over a 20-year period of time. If you just stayed invested, brought the investor back about 400000 where if they missed you know, just five days of returns where they decided to pull out and sit on the sidelines in cash, that they would have lost about $135,000 in returns over that 20-year period of time. So um, with that being said, I'll flip it back to you, Tony. All right. Yeah, it was a great first segment because I know that I've been guilty of letting my emotions, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> affect my finances. You know, I, I'm, I was always a big fan of uh, Apple and so uh, their products. 
And so I remember back in the heyday, I'm like, oh, everybody's jumping on the Apple bandwagon. And, uh, you know, you end up uh, <laughs> buying high. And then when they have trouble or the stocks start to tip, you know, I bought in high. And then I'm like, oh, should I get out? And so, you know, we let our emotions dictate, uh, but you really shouldn't, uh, you know, because you really have to have a well-balanced portfolio and you have to have obviously uh, safe and at risk investments. So uh, what but what's the flip side of this emotional uh, market investing? Well, you know, as you said that, Tony, that made me think of something, you know, Baron put it in perspective in the first section about just kind of the time in the market and just what a couple of days difference will do. The other side of that, well, in addition to that, I guess I should say is one of those studies I had read was saying just about the average return. So, you know, some people look at it as in terms of dollars, some people look returns over a lifetime. Both Forbes and a website called The Balanced Investor had come up with two very similar things just from a return standpoint study. And they were pointing out kind of what the average investor uh, earns over time versus staying in the market. You know, the market was returning over the 10 or 20 year period. Each one of them did a different kind of uh, period of time. Forbes saying, well, the S&P returned about seven and a half percent. The the bond market returned four and a half percent, but the average investor returned about two and a half percent. So that's a considerable dis difference. And during that same time frame, inflation was about two and a half percent. So you talk about, you know, what the market's returning, what investors are earning. You know, the other website had done a different period of time, but basically the investors were missing out on about four and a half percent a year. So very similar kind of findings there. And that just kind of shows that you know, when you look at the compounding effect of interest and kind of your money doubling over time, you know, if you're earning four and a half percent less than what the overall market's returns are, or what you should be earning, that means you're over a 20 year period, like the one study showed, you're earning less than half of what you should have. Your money should have doubled a whole nother time uh, along that way. So there's big differences in there. So we can go too conservative, can't we, Baron? I mean, uh, you have to really have a good balance. I mean, we're, we've been talking about taking risk in the market, but it sounds like if you go too conservative, that can be troublesome as well, correct? Well, actually, Tony, yeah, it can be very, very troublesome. Um, you know, I'm actually a little bit conservative by nature, so I typically do work well with clients who are a little bit more on the conservative side. But, you know, as the same way that it can be a problem as far as being too aggressive in the market it can also be a problem if you're too conservative. Um, I mean, especially now, as everybody knows, or for the last pretty much five years, CD rates, you know, money market rates, things of that nature have been pretty much, excuse the expression, in the toilet. So, you know, the problem is, is that especially for the older investor who is basically living off CD interest, when the interest rates go down that far, you know, they're not only seeing their income, you know, go down, they're seeing it pretty much disappear. So what do you do? And that's where you have to find the right balance. I mean, the problem with being too conservative, and this is the main problem, is inflation. I mean, if you're not keeping at least pace with inflation, you, your dollars aren't going to be worth as much later on down the road. I, I mean, obviously, a loaf of bread today is going to be less expensive than it will be, you know, whatever, 20 years from now. Think of back when, you know, you like my parents, for example, the home that they bought, back in the early 60s at that time was around 40,000 and the home just recently went on the market for just under three million dollars you know so I mean obviously if you're not at least keeping pace in inflation your dollars aren't earning as much as much at least as inflation then you're losing money so being too conservative can that can really pose that risk as well sure and so 
obviously a balance is what we're looking for. And does age play a part in that? Well, you know, I think it does, obviously, you know, depending on, you know, just general investment kind of perspectives as a whole. You know, some people, as they get older, one, either think they're supposed to get more conservative just because they're older or two, that's just their mentality of taking on risk. Maybe they've saved enough to kind of achieve their goals. But it, it may or may not have to. You know, I think it kind of boils down to more so your situation, your plan, things like that. Of course, you know, some people that are older may have more than enough funds saved. Right. Uh, some people that are younger may not have enough save and need to kind of balance that risk and reward uh, type of thing more so. You know, Baron mentioned kind of the average returns in those conservative investments being in the neighborhood of 2%, even below inflation right now. And kind of the flip side of that is if we're looking at, you know, a 2% return versus the market's return, and just saying, hey, maybe if we're moderately aggressive or moderate portfolio, even if we're not taking on a ton of risk and we're just earning 6%, what's the difference between a 2% CD or money market growth versus a 6% portfolio return? It's quite a difference when you put it in perspective of things like Baron just mentioned of you know, your income down the road or your automobile purchases or your housing purchases, those things. You know, one of the research groups and educational pieces that we use talks about how those things are probably gro growing closer to five or six percent a year as opposed to inflation's kind of general consistent uh, numbers that we use of two or a half, three percent, which means if you took money and invested it over at two percent, it would take you 22 to three percent. Let's say it would take you 24 to 36 years to double your money versus six or seven percent means you double that money 10 or 12 years. So if you look at kind of the two more conservative aspects, a 2% return versus a 6% return, that means that in the same time it would take your money to go from 50,000 to 100,000, making 2%, your money would go from 50,000 to 400,000. So a considerable difference between the two. And if you're looking saying, well, retirement somewhere in the neighborhood of 24, 30, 36 years, that's kind of what you're looking at and the difference of what you're left with at the end of the day and what money's there to pass on to the kids, what money there is to provide income for you to protect from the spend down issues and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to understand this, but the good news is we don't have to figure all this out on our own. Uh, we have you guys to help us. Uh, you need a trusted financial professional and planner uh, to help you with this. Uh, now, we're out of time for this segment. We have to take a quick break, but uh, let us know how our listeners can get a hold of you. Well, as we mentioned earlier, the listeners are welcome to reach out to us on the phone, toll-free, 855-793-2409, or through the website, wellingtonadams.com. We set aside a little bit of time every week uh, for appointments. There's no obligation and no cost to sit down with us, discuss some of these topics, how they relate to you, and see if we can come up uh, with some solutions or a plan. All right. Sounds great. Listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back to continue this discussion with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard here on Financially Tuned. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Wellington Adams Investment Advisory at 855-793-2409 or visit wellingtonadams.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. Welcome back everyone to Financially Tuned with myself, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, um, as well as Mr. Tony Shore, our wonderful co-host. <laughs> 
Um, I just want to touch base real quickly on what we've talked about so far in the first segment of the show. We were touching base on just the you know emotional behavior that the typical average investor goes through where um, we're all taught to buy low and sell high, but we let our emotions get in the way and typically we wind up doing exactly the opposite. We talked a little bit about that we need to have time in the market as opposed to trying to time the market. And then we also touched base a little bit about the opposite side, about if we're a little bit too conservative, um, that we actually need to at least keep pace with inflation. Inflation is real. It's one of the real killers to people's portfolios that's out there. So it's really uh, significantly important that we factor that into the plan when we're, um, you know, when we're investing with for our clients. Um, so right now on the third section, we want to just touch a little bit about, you know, maybe some solutions to these behaviors. Well, I think that sounds great, guys. And you have covered a lot of ground already. And, and this is where the rubber meets the road. What are some solutions uh, when we get emotional or, or we have too much risk or too much in safety? Uh, what can we do? Um, well, I just want to touch a little bit about the fact that, you know, sometimes we it really basically is that we just don't have a lack. You know, we have a lack of a plan. Um, you know, I just want to touch base on something really quickly because I think it's really important because a lot of times that's where people's failure come in because they don't have a plan put in place. And I actually came across an article that I thought was pretty funny and it says 45% of middle-aged Americans would rather see the dentist than meet with a financial advisor. Oh no, <laughs> that's not good news. I, I, I thought that was that was pretty uh, pretty funny. Maybe you guys it's, should start giving out toothbrushes and little toothpaste. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Considering the fact that I really hate going to the dentist, and he's actually a good friend of mine, even. <laughs> so, but I really did think that was um, an interesting uh, stat, you know. And I guess part of that sentiment might really just stem from the fact that. A lot of Americans are are embarrassed by some of the financial choices that they've made, and they don't want to really maybe share those missteps with an outside person. Um, part of it also might just boil down to the fact that there's a general mistrust of, fin- of the financial services industry. Um, you know, unfortunately, in every industry out there, you have people that aren't necessarily doing the right thing, giving it a black eye. But that's also unfortunately true with every industry out there. The problem is, however, that the longer folks go without seeing the help of an advisor, you know, the less likely they're going to be able to meet their their various savings goal. Um, and obviously, an advisor isn't able to guarantee those successes. But 67% of adults who have one say that they're much clearer on how to save versus spending. So I just thought that was kind of interesting to bring that point up. Um, the fact that people don't really want to go see with an advisor, but really it's important to have a plan put in place. Well, Baron, that makes sense. Now, uh, Simon, what do you think about all this? Yeah, well, first of all, I thought that's pretty interesting, (laughs) pretty interesting feedback about the dentist. But, you know, I think when you're looking at that, you kind of have to ask yourself, you know, why? You know, why do we, you know, why do we behave the way that we do? Why do we end up not being on track? Why are we afraid to talk about it? And I think a lot of it is just, you know, Baron mentioned one, a lack of a plan. I think, you know, on top of that comes the lack of understanding or education that people aren't comfortable discussing those topics. And it's not like we're saying you need to, you know, be a dentist to go to the dentist or have the knowledge of a doctor to go to the doctor or same for an attorney. You know, people sometimes misconstrue that when you come to talk to your advisor, you don't have to have that same level of education or be completely knowledgeable. But you want an advisor that's going to help teach you some of the fundamentals and explain why you're doing what you're doing. Um, 
Baron touched on, you know, another good reason is the lack of trust in the person that you're working with, or maybe the industry as a whole. Hopefully it's the industry as a whole and not the person that you're talking with, because if you don't trust them, you need to change and find somebody that you do and have some confidence in. And then, you know, of course, the last big one is emotions. That's a lot of the reason that we make poor decisions in there. Yeah, also yeah, one other thing. And I think, one yeah, other, it's poor decisions well, that can really hurt us, isn't it? Yeah, and one other thing that I did want to point about that too, and you know, in that same study that I just mentioned, they also said that, you know, those with an advisor were more than twice as likely to report that they were, you know, they felt financially secure as those that didn't have an advisor. So, you know, there are definite benefits to working with someone um, to help put together that long-term plan for you. Well, and this is a great discussion. Now, we're almost out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we have to go today? Well, there's a lot of things that we want to talk about. I didn't realize we were almost out of time already. Um, Well, one thing I do want to touch base on, you know, just especially as far as the recent market is concerned, uh, concerned, you know, the markets have been doing really well, or at least people and, you know, our clients, a lot of clients are seeing that, you know, hey, the S&P is up really, really, you know, like whatever, nine, eight, nine percent, 10 percent. You know, how come our portfolios are only up four or five? And the reality is, is that, you know, the the stock returns or the S&P, it's called we actually at this uh, event that we went to, they talked about S&P Envy and how the S&P is doing really well. But the actually the returns as far as the S&P are due largely to U.S. large cap growth stocks. Um, as of September 30th, they were up almost 17%, where S&P value were up three and a quarter percent, and U.S. large caps as a whole were up 10.5%. But then also international developed was down uh, about 1.4%. Emerging markets were down about eight and change. Bonds were down about one6 gold is down. So a lot of other sectors have been down this year. So the, you know, especially if you're trying to do, to put together a diversified portfolio that over the long term will do real well, we want to just point out that, you know, just because the S&P is seeing higher and higher returns, a lot of those returns are focused on a small percentage of the actual stocks out there. Yeah, I think that's important point is, you know, as we wrap things up, you know, we talked about the topic today being our own foolish decisions. And the reality is a lot of us make decisions, poor decisions for the wrong reasons at the wrong times. And what Baron's pointing out is you need to have a good, solid understanding. You need to have a plan and you need to have a method to evaluate what's going on in your plan as you move forward. We want to extend that to the listeners today. You know, if you're confused about what's going on with the numbers of your portfolios, if you're confused or disappointed in the long-term returns, if you don't have a plan in place, if you don't trust the person that you're working with, if you've got doubts about the industry, you know, sit down with us. Let us give you a little bit of background. Help, let us help educate you. Let us help you put a plan in place for your retirement, for your savings goals, whatever those may be. Reach out to us at 855-793-2409 or online at wellingtonadams.com. All right. Great show today, guys. And that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with our hosts, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald or Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Call 855-793-2409 or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com.
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisory are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.